This is the LexisNexis California Legal News Podcast. Litigation news stories from recent issues of LexisNexis Mealy Publications. Current and targeted legal news and litigation reports. A California federal judge on October 29th granted a renewed motion for default judgment by Facebook against so-called Spam King Sanford Wallace, awarding more than $711 million to the popular social networking website. In light of Wallace's failure to oppose Facebook's motion or to appear at a September 18th hearing on the matter, Northern District of California Judge Jeremy Fogel found the motion, quote, well taken. Facebook filed its complaint against Wallace in February, calling him a notorious Internet scam artist and accusing him of widespread phishing and spamming activities on its network. An earlier motion for default judgment and criminal contempt were terminated pursuant to a petition for bankruptcy that Wallace had filed. When the bankruptcy action was dismissed, Facebook renewed its default judgment motion. Granting the motion, Judge Vogel found Wallace willfully violated the Controlling the Assault of Non-Solicited Pornography and Marketing, or CAN-SPAM Act, and California Business and Professions Code Section 22948. The judge said Wallace had, quote, blatant disregard for the rights of Facebook and the thousands of Facebook users whose accounts were compromised by his conduct. However, the judge declined to grant the entire statutory damages award of more than $7 billion that was sought by Facebook, stating that he was not persuaded that it was proportionate to Wallace's offenses. Instead, Judge Fogel awarded Facebook $50 for each of the more than 14 million claimed can spam act violations and $500,000 for violation of Section 22948. The Ninth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals has affirmed that an arbitration clause that bars class action lawsuits as part of a wireless communications provider service contract is not enforceable under California law. A Southern District of California judge had denied AT&T Mobility's motion to compel arbitration of a consumer fraud class action filed against the company that alleged AT&T fraudulently charged sales tax on a cell phone that have been advertised as free. AT&T's wireless service contract contains an arbitration clause and a class action waiver clause that requires all disputes to be brought in an individual capacity. The panel found that the class action waiver is unconscionable, saying the lawsuit involved predictably small amounts of damages, involved allegations the defendant carried out a scheme to deliberately cheat large numbers of consumers out of small sums of money, and a standardized contract that does not permit the consumer to negotiate the terms. The Ninth Circuit has held that a special education teacher has the standing to sue her employer for constructive discharge after she voiced concerns that federal and state laws regarding special education were not being met. Susan Barker worked as a resource specialist program teacher for students with disabilities in the Riverside County, California Office of Education's Alternative Education Program. Barker voiced concerns to her supervisors that the services being provided to students were not compliant with federal and state law. She filed two class discrimination complaints with the U.S. Department of Education's Office for Civil Rights, the second of which alleged she was being retaliated against for her first complaint. After it was determined that the evidence showed Barker was the victim of retaliation, she sued the Riverside County Office of Education, 
She claimed violations of the anti-retaliation provisions in Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973 and Title II of the Americans with Disabilities Act. She said her work environment became so intolerable that she was constructively discharged. The Central District of California dismissed Barker's claim, saying she lacked the standing to sue under either statute. Reversing that ruling, the Ninth Circuit on October 23rd explained that Congress clearly did not intend Section 504 to give standing only to disabled people, nor did it require the protected individual to have any close relationship to a disabled person, as argued by the Riverside County Office of Education. Similarly, the appellate panel determined that the ADA's language grants standing to Barker. For LexisNexis Legal News, I'm Mark Rogers. A man's inability to repay the unpaid balance on his mortgage loan demonstrates that it is unlikely he would succeed on his claims that he is entitled to rescind the loan based on the lender's alleged violation of the Truth in Lending Act. A federal judge on October 30th denied Armando Gonzalez's request for a preliminary injunction blocking a trustee's sale on his home. Gonzalez refinanced the mortgage loan on his San Miguel home in March 2007 through Central Coast One-Stop Mortgage Group. On the same day he closed on the loan, Central Coast transferred all of its rights as beneficiary to mortgage electronic registration systems. Gonzalez fell behind on his mortgage payments, resulting in a notice of trustee's sale. The trustee's sale did not occur as scheduled because Gonzalez obtained a temporary restraining order. Gonzalez claims the defendants violated the Truth in Lending Act by not providing him with a dated notice of the right to cancel, as well as disclosures regarding the loan's terms and interest rate, and he seeks rescission of the loan. He moved for a permanent injunction blocking the trustee's sale and preventing the defendants from making any negative comments about Gonzalez to any credit reporting agencies. Northern District of California Judge Marilyn Hall Patel noted that although Gonzalez testified that his work as a subcontractor pays $20 an hour, that he works between 30 and 40 hours a week, and that his wife makes $11 an hour working 10 hours a week, their monthly mortgage payment is $2,200 and is eight months delinquent. Judge Hall said the evidence indicates Gonzalez is not in a position to tender the unpaid principal on the loan in a timely manner. A federal judge has refused to dismiss a punitive damages claim from a class action lawsuit against an insurance company, saying class certification of the claim does not violate the insurer's right to due process. The lawsuit against Allianz Insurance Company of North America alleges the company misled numerous senior citizens into purchasing deferred annuities. In July 2006, Chief U.S. Judge Irma Gonzalez of the Southern District of California granted the plaintiff's motion to certify the class, including the punitive damages claim. This past August, Allianz moved to decertify the class and the punitive damages claim because it violates the U.S. Constitution's due process clause. The court found that even though they may be absent from trial, any punitive damages will be awarded based on the harm done to those members, not to strangers or those whose interests are not before the court. The court also rejected the insurer's proportionality argument, saying that individualized determinations of punitive damages based on each class member are not necessary. The court said class action punitive damages awards can be modified to comply with constitutional limitations on the ratio of punitive to compensatory damages. BarnesandNoble.com was sued November 2nd in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California charging the book retailer with trade secrets misappropriation related to its recently announced Nook eBook Reader. 
California technology firm Spring Design says the retail giant misappropriated the features of its Alex ebook reader, which it claims to have shared with Barnes & Noble under a non-disclosure agreement. Spring Design also charges Barnes & Noble with breach of the agreement and unfair competition. After Barnes & Noble's chief rival Amazon.com released the newest version of its popular Kindle ebook reader in February, Spring says Barnes & Noble expressed interest in learning more about Alex. The two companies then entered into the non-disclosure agreement. Numerous meetings and conferences were held. On October 20th, Barnes & Noble announced the release of its Nook Android-based interactive dual-screen electronic reader. Spring called this announcement a complete surprise and contends that many of the touted Nook's features were lifted directly from the Alex presentations and materials it provided to Barnes & Noble. As recently as October 1st, Spring says it was led to believe that Barnes & Noble was interested in acquiring Alex and that no mention was made that the retailer was developing its own device with many of the same features. For LexisNexis Legal News, I'm Mike Butler. Los Angeles judge on October 22nd entered judgment on a jury's award of $35.3 million to David and Paula Kellerman, who alleged David contracted mesothelioma after exposure to asbestos in John Crane Incorporated's gaskets and packing. The Kellermans alleged numerous companies' conduct exposed him to asbestos while he served in the U.S. Navy from 1967 to 1975. John Crane argued at trial that the asbestos in its products was encapsulated, and thus any that was released was incapable of causing mesothelioma. The company also argued there's no evidence of an increased risk of the disease from exposure to asbestos containing caskets and packing. Therefore, there's no reason for it to warn about the use of its product. The jury deliberated for a day and a half before returning its $35.3 million verdict and apportioning 70% of the liability on John Crane. The Ninth Circuit the U.S. Court of Appeals has affirmed that a hospital's decision to change its pay rate to keep pay revenue neutral after a change in the shift schedule to accommodate employees' requests did not violate the Fair Labor Standard Act's overtime requirement. The Pomona Valley Hospital Medical Center had an optional 12-hour shift schedule that was designed to give nurses more days off and a pay plan that gave them a lower base hourly salary and time and a half pay for hours worked in excess of eight hours per day. As a result, the nurses who volunteered to work the 12-hour shift made approximately the same amount of money as those working an eight-hour shift schedule. One of the nurses filed a putative class action complaint in the Central District of California, alleging that the use of different hourly rates based on the shifts chosen violates the Fair Labor Standards Act. The Ninth Circuit upheld a trial judge's ruling finding that 12-hour shift scheduling practice was memorialized in a collective bargaining agreement as a result of negotiations between the local union and the hospital and initiated at the nurse's request. The parties, the court said, do not dispute that the wages paid under the pay plan are more than the minimum wages under federal law. The court said, quote, we find no reason to invalidate the agreement between the parties. There is no justification in the law and no public policy rationale for doing so. The panel also rejected the claim that the pay plan was unlawful because nurses who work both lengths of shifts are paid different rates depending on their shift. California father and daughter have sued their health insurer in federal court for allegedly wrongfully denying benefits for treatment of the girl's eating disorder at an inpatient facility. Nicole Lancaster has suffered from an eating disorder that began with her being anorexic and then becoming bulimic. She received treatment at Sober Living by the Sea, a residential treatment facility in Newport Beach. 
Nicole has health insurance under a Blue Cross of California Anthem Blue Cross policy. Anthem denied benefits, saying the behavioral health criteria for its eating disorder residential treatment center were not met. The Lancasters allege Anthem wrongly denied benefits under the plan and failed to provide a prompt and reasonable explanation, failed to describe what additional material or information was necessary to perfect the claims, and failed to properly and adequately investigate the merits of the claim and or provide alternative courses of treatment. The Lexus One Community where individual attorneys are going for free case law, the Lexus web search engine, free forms, and Mealy's Online. Get access to Lexus.com through research packages for the time you need without signing a long-term contract. Check out Emerging Issues Analysis, News, Blogs, The Download Center, the LexisNexis Store, and more. Lexus One, the online community and research resource for individual attorneys. www.lexusone.com this edition of LexisNexis Legal News California was written by the editorial staff of LexisNexis Mealy Publications, current and targeted legal news and litigation reports. The LexisNexis California Legal News Podcast, copyright 2009 by LexisNexis, a division of Reed Elsevier Incorporated. LexisNexis, Total Practice Solutions. This is Steve Bursler. Thank you for listening.